In today's episode, we explore the mechanics behind removing mental roadblocks and discuss why and how people self-sabotage and hold themselves back to begin with. We also discuss standards in business and why it's important to be selective when choosing which clients and customers you want to work with. Don't you change that dial or drop that phone. We're about to level it up and shatter the mold. Question. In a world where groupthink is the norm, others want what you've earned, and thinking for yourself will get a target painted on your back, how do you flip the script and level up your business, your money, relationships, your health, your status, and your life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Shatter the Mold. Andrew S. Kaplan here, happy to be with you. And, uh, you know, I always like to give news updates whenever I have them, if they're if they apply in any certain way. And, you know, I learned something very interesting because uh, It Doesn't Matter What You're Selling got its very first Canadian review. And I only accidentally discovered it because I decided to give a free session to someone who had written in. And I almost found out, you know, by happenstance that they left the review and it wasn't coming up on Amazon. And, you know, obviously, uh, it was a situation where I was on Amazon.com versus Amazon.ca. And I'm very glad that I found it because uh, I, I really appreciated the review. It uh, it really drove home what I was trying to accomplish with the book. But it was a quick little lesson to a lot of people out there because sometimes you're going to get praise that you don't even know you're getting. Sometimes you're going to get credit. You're not knowing that you're receiving it. You never know what kind of impact that you're making or how you might be helping people. So uh, a quick little lesson just through that, you know, just, you know, trust yourself, work hard. It sounds so cliche, but uh, remember that you may be making more of an impact than you realize. Uh, and, you know, with that said, props and thank yous to all the people that are still writing in about it doesn't matter what you're selling. I always appreciate your feedback. And um, that's the big update. With that said, we are wasting no time diving straight into an interview with Aaron File. I'm going to switch mics up and and this should be a good one. So enjoy. Okay, so today's guest is an awesome one. Now, most people think that it takes a ton of effort and time to remove mental roadblocks and alleviate the self-sabotage that holds us back. But Erin File has a track record of getting lightning fast results for her clients and the results are permanent. Her work and words have been featured in books, magazines, podcasts, webinars, newspaper columns, and events and conferences. And she's given keynote talks and presentations on instincts and human behavior. Her signature program has an unheard of 95.6% success rate and the average time it takes for clients to see measurable results in areas that they've been stuck in for years is just 10 days. Shatter the Mold welcomes the founder of the MindFix Group, Erin File. Welcome, Erin, and thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you know, super excited. You know, as I was reading through your bio and as I first had read it, you know, 95.6%, you know, when you say unheard of, you're not kidding. That is... That's just amazing in, in 10 days, no less. I guess the first you know, question that would come to mind is what's your secret? How do you make this happen? <laughs> well, uh, we're not saying that all results happen in 10 days. I, I, like what we say is that most of our clients start to experience their results, profound changes and transformation within just 10 days. So I wanna make it ultra clear, we're not claiming we fix everybody and we're, we've got a success rate for everybody in, in 10 days. Gotcha. That, that fair, would be a little fast. Fair clarification and disclaimer there. <laughs> <laughs> Even so, you know, the fact that, 
you know, you see things so soon and the fact that you get there, you know, as long as it's going to take in such a high success rate, to me is impressive because I think of, you know, you think about people that are stuck and we're talking about their mindset. This is some deep rooted things that we're talking about here. And it looks like you have some kind of plan of attack that whether it's through consistency or through strategy or, or a combination, it looks like you kind of have some really uh, impressive formula for making things happen. Yeah, um, I think uh, we're able to attribute our, our success rate to, to two things. One, we're, we're really careful about who we allow into the program and who we don't. So we have an application process and we're very clear and upfront that we can't help everybody. And I honestly think a lot of businesses could have much higher success rates if they were pickier um, about who they took on as, as clients and who they were clear about who they can serve. So we have people coming to us who may have issues like, um, you know, mental illness or they may have severe addiction or they may have all sorts of challenges that really are better off um, taken, uh, addressed by say a psychiatrist or some other type of clinician or specialist. And we, we, do, we run people through some really clear filters to make sure that the people who come to us are simply, um, are, are, are simply a brilliant fit for who mm. we serve. And so I think a lot of our success is, is being able to be ultra clear about who we can help and who we can't and, and referring people elsewhere when we know that we can't instead of crossing our fingers, taking somebody's money and saying, let's see if it works. Right. So I think that that's a big part of it. Um, and I don't think a lot of, you know, you go to a doctor's office and they'll take you on. <laughs> they'll, they'll work with you and see if they can help you. And um, that's just not the case with a lot of businesses. So I'd say part of it is that. Uh, the other part of it is that the work that we do simply is, um, it really, it's just profoundly effective. Um, we help people eliminate patterns of counterproductive behaviors like uh, you know of avoidance or procrastination or um, uh, doing things that don't serve them uh, or, or counterproductive emotions like anxiety and sadness or counterproductive thoughts like uh, having a harsh self inner critic where you just constantly criticize yourself so we we help people completely eliminate those things because we work and address the root of why people are experiencing those things instead of doing what most coaches and therapists and consultants and books and training programs out there recommend you do, which is learning how to cope with them. So mm. most, most, most options out there teach you and train you how to cope with your frustrations and how to cope with um, your anger when you get triggered and how to deal with your procrastination and try and, you know, handle it in a better way. We actually go in, identify why people are experiencing these things. And then we, we eliminate the problems at the root level so that they're actually gone. And there's nothing that's left to cope with or deal with. So that's why we can have such profound, um, incredible results and do it so quickly is it, it's maddening and time consuming and draining to try and learn and remember and repeat and, and practice coping with stuff. It's mm -hmm. heavy. It's a lot of work. If, if you just, if there's nothing to cope with, that's easy. Got it. You know, I, I imagine you and I, we may have the same language for this. We might probably have a different terminology, but I'll just use the term ego. 
I'm going to assume that the, the ego or, or a different term that you may have for it puts up a lot of resistance and can be very, um, you know, very shrewd with how it might help people uh, keep themselves stuck in place where they'll come up with excuses or they'll come up with even more difficulties that shouldn't even be there as you're trying to help them. Is that a fair assumption? Absolutely. Um, I don't necessarily use the word ego, but what we have and what we see at least is that people will have, they'll have these conscious dreams and conscious desires. So if they were talking with someone, they'd be able to consciously communicate, this is what I want. I want a loving spouse and two kids and a great, um, you know, I want to run a great business. I want to make X amount of dollars. People can consciously communicate what they say they dream of and what they desire. What ends up happening though, is they'll find that they'll run into blocks or self-sabotage because some part of them, you may call it the ego, we might call it the subconscious, mm -hmm. is looking at that dream going, oh, hell no, 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 no. And it wants to run the other way. Because if you have all these old programs and, and, and old belief patterns kind of stuck in your subconscious, if you are raised in a household where you are told that wealthy people are evil and greedy, if you are raised and taught to believe that the only way you can be successful is to work harder and harder and harder and that you can't be successful and have a healthy family. You know, if you have all of these old programs and, and belief patterns simmering in your subconscious, which is 95% of your, your daily behaviors and choices and actions, that is a massive wild force pulling you in the opposite direction of what you say your conscious desires and dreams are. So that's where people start running into self-sabotage. You may say you want a successful business and a loving family, but if you have subconscious um, you know, programs running that say you can't have both, then when you start to, to build your business, there's going to be things where it's like, you know what? I don't know why I'm stuck. I don't know why I can't put the energy into it. I don't know why I'm finding myself procrastinating. Well, part of you doesn't actually want what you consciously desire. Right. Um, besides the fact that things might not be happening fast enough for somebody, or things seem to be going wrong a lot, is there an easy way for them to identify that there's a block there? Or do they just kind of beat their heads against the wall until they finally find somebody like you to help them? <laughs> I would say if they're beating their heads against the wall, that's pretty clear uh, <laughs> indicator right. that there's a block. Um, what I find is, you know, as we go through life, we are constantly course correcting. We make mistakes, we fail all the time. And that's, that's totally normal. When, when somebody is stuck and when you can finally say, you know what, I think I'm in my own way is when you've run into something and it's not a systems problem. Like if, if you simply don't have a skill or the capability to do something and you need to learn it, like you just don't know how to manage people, you know, and you're building a business and you literally have no idea how to manage people. You can bring in a consultant or you can read books, you can train, you can get those skills, apply them and suddenly you're on, you're unstuck. So sometimes it's just a matter of gaining more information or updating or upgrading your habits or your behaviors and you move forward. And sometimes it might take a little bit of time to figure it out. When you keep collecting more information, when you keep trying to change your habits and your behaviors and nothing changes and you remain in the same spot, that's usually a really strong indicator that there's something going on internally and it's not a systems problem. 
it's more of a, uh, an internal or, or mental block. Right. Now, I realize these things, they really run deep. Um, even so, figured it couldn't hurt to ask someone who's really in this business, are there any ground floor techniques, so to speak, something that's basic and easy that someone can do for themselves if they first identify the block and they've decided that they want to try to work on it on their own? Um, well, anything that I would give would be a Band-Aid. So I can provide, say, a Band-Aid tool of how to dissolve an emotion. Like, let's say you get triggered, someone gives you criticism, and it makes you really feel insecure and nervous and anxious. Like, I can provide you with a tool, or you could, I mean, you could go Google one now, like some NLP tool about how to dissolve the emotion in the moment, calm yourself back down, take some deep breaths, disassociate, imagine yourself looking at it from afar, things like that. Mm -hmm. that people can use kind of as hacks to calm themselves throughout their day. In terms of actually eliminating the root though, and getting rid of the, the core um, uh, issue or, or, or reason why you got triggered in the first place, that's something where I can't provide, I can't even do it myself. Like it needs to be something uh, that's done with somebody as far as uh, how I understand and, and the work that we do. I don't, I don't have a hack for people to, to get rid of those things on, on their own. Understood. Uh, I imagine, because I mean, a lot of people on this podcast, not all of them, but a lot of listeners are entrepreneurs. Are there any common issues, you know, even just besides business growth it's, itself that you tend to run into with a typical entrepreneur? Oh, absolutely. Fear of failure, fear of success, uh, imposter syndrome, and um, money blocks and procrastination. Mm -hmm. And perfectionism. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, just when you thought you had one of them all yeah, done. And I was like, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> I would say those are some of, some of the, main, um, the main ones. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's interesting to hear you say that because it's one of those things where they're so universal, but they're so personal at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. Mm, got it. Um, interesting. So... I was curious, you know, tell me about like the mind fix group. Is this the situation where, I mean, I understand that you're, you know, you have a, a tight application process. How does somebody even like begin that? Like what, how do they know that they're a good candidate for something that you're offering? Mm, good question. So if somebody feels like they are stuck and they're getting in their own way and another book or a coach or a course or a consultant isn't going to be the solution. Like when they're like, no, I'm pretty sure it's me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm holding myself back. And if I could just clear out some of the stuff going on um, that I've got going on, I could just be like a rocket. Those are the people that typically, typically come to us. Usually people who work with us are experiencing patterns of, like I said earlier, counterproductive thoughts, behaviors, or emotions that no matter what they're trying, they just find themselves stuck in the same loops mm -hmm. um, of same ways of feeling, same ways or patterns of thinking, same ways or, uh, or patterns of behaving. And they're like, I keep trying to change things up and I'm committed. I've got the intelligence, the drive, the willpower. And yet everything I do, you know, here I am six months later and I still haven't started the business. Here I am three months later. And even though I promised myself I'd become when I get feedback, I still, I still just unleash all this anger on my, my spouse and my, my team members. 
you know, or even though I, I took this sales training, I'm getting on these phone calls and I cannot for the life of me get myself to have this money conversation or ask about budget, even though I know it's what I'm supposed to do. So when people find themselves doing things that they know they shouldn't be doing, or they find themselves avoiding doing things they know they should, usually they go, you know what? I really am getting in my own way. I think it's time for, for a conversation with them. Right. And as I hear you say it, it, it sounds to me like, you know, a real key part of this is whoever it is we're talking about, whatever issue they're having, they need to have a certain level of self-awareness and they need to have a willingness to swallow their pride and accept the possibility that they may not be as right as they think they are as often as they want to be. It's so true. We've actually had um, some corporate clients who said, you know, hey, we can you fix or, or help these employees? And they had no desire to change. They had no motivation. They weren't willing to look at themselves. And it's like, we can't, can't, we absolutely cannot. The people who come to us are so excited and like frothing at the mouth because they know, oh my God, if you can help me get past my money fears, if you can help me just stop procrastinating, if you can help me not be scared to post on social media and to tell my story. I'm going to be amazing. I'm going to be unstoppable. So usually the people who come to us are highly motivated and can see what's possible if some of this stuff just wasn't holding them back. These invisible balls and chains, like if, they, if we could just take it off of them, it would feel um, incredible and they'd have so much more, whether it's time, energy, money, love, happiness, whatever it is for them, they right. see what's possible. And so you're right, that, that does require a pretty significant level of, of self-awareness. That's why, um, again, we're not a great fit for people who come in and go, you know what, my problem's my wife. <laughs> she, <you> know, <laughs> she's, just, she's just a problem. We're trying to have a good relationship and she just is angry all the time. And can you, you know, it's just, I'm not sure how to handle her. Like, it's you, like <laughs> can you tell Matt she is whenever I snap at her? <laughs> it's, you know, it's interesting as we're having this conversation because it's, it's such a slippery slope because here you have a thing where you need a certain level of self-awareness, but also use this terminology and I'm going to paraphrase. It's like, yeah. you know, if once X happens, then I will be rich. And in a way that's another way of reaffirming to your subconscious that you're not rich yet. So while you're identifying the problem, you're also reinforcing it. Is, is that a fair way to put that? Or is, is that something that you run into in your work? I would say it's actually not. I think sometimes we can make assessments of where we're at. And if someone says, you know what, I don't have the wealth that I want yet, but I'm really confident I can get there. And I'm able to identify what it is that's holding me back, like my inability to talk about money and my fear that I'm going to lose it all. If I could clear those out, I think I could be brilliant and, and unstoppable. I, I, I hesitate when, when um, I hear people say, don't, acknowledge or state, you know, that you're not wealthy now, because it's like, there needs to be some ability to assess your current situation and mm -hmm. see the gap between where it is you are and where it is you want to go, not to dwell on it, focus on it or, or, or sit with it, but simply to be able to identify what it is you want and acknowledge that there's an opportunity for growth. Yeah. Interesting. And even in your answer, when you said it, you used the word yet. So even in the uh, identification of the problem. You even had a built-in affirmation of this is temporary and this is getting better. Mm, mm, mm. I love it. <laughs> cool. So 
it's fun, you know, as I hear you say this, I kind of go back to your bio and, you know, mentions how you did presentations on instincts and human behavior. And I'm wondering, you know, where instincts come into play because there, you know, there's so much to be said and so many stigmas about like a gut feeling. And I'm wondering, are gut feelings, in your opinion, in your experience, are they correct or are they basically um, the result of faulty blocks that are reinforcing themselves and people just think that it's the right thing to do? Mm, such a beautiful, fans, oh, fantastic question. So I used to actually study um, instincts and in it, like, um, for example, I'm, I'm Colby certified, right? And mm-hmm. Colby is an assessment that purports to look at striving instincts and suggest that we are literally hardwired from the time we're very young children to strive and achieve certain things in a very specific way. And that if we go against our instincts, then um, we're going to create a ton of stress and we're not going to get the best possible results. Um, There are also survival instincts. So if I fall, I trip and fall, my hands go out to catch me so that I don't slam my head and my brain onto the concrete. And then there's what people call gut instincts, kind of like you meet someone and you're sitting there going, I don't trust this person. I don't mm. trust this person. So as I've, I've studied and looked at instincts, um, there's quite a few different types of them. And what I've found to be most useful is when people are talking about instincts, the ones that they find the most interesting and they enjoy talking about are that the gut instinct, that reaction of, I think I know what to do. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes, these are not just knowings um, that just are random. A lot of times they really come from the old programmings and um, the way we were raised in patterns and belief structures that we picked up throughout our lives. So we might have like a gut feeling that the person we're looking at can't be trusted when it really relates back to an old story of how our parents didn't trust this type of person. And we saw that modeled multiple times, even as a young child. So it's kind of wired into our, our subconscious mm-hmm. without, without our conscious awareness. So oftentimes it's, it's just things that we've picked up from the past that filter how we experience and perceive the events that we, we go through in life. Very interesting. Very interesting. Awesome. Um, Jumping back a little to the beginning of this interview, you know, you said something really profound. I think it's profound in a way that a lot of people, they don't appreciate often and they don't really notice because you're talking about, you know, your success rate and attributing it to how picky you are with who you choose. And I could only assume that you've learned those lessons the hard way. And oh, yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> you're like, yes. oh, do I got stories. Yes. <laughs> It's like, as we all learn it the hard way, right? And I have a funny feeling that, you know, there are listeners that are still learning that the hard way and some of them don't know how to say no. And some of them, you know, obviously, you know, we come from a scarcity mindset. We've got to pay those. a pattern. That's literally a pattern. I can't say no to people. We have people who come to us and say, I can't say no. I have a hard time. And that's my Mm. pattern that I need to break. Yes, indeed. So I'm wondering, and I don't know if you've got an answer for this, but we've all been the ringer through, through here, and you seem to at least have refined it to the point where now you have a really uh, picky approach that leads to great success. Do you have any advice that you would give to entrepreneurs out there who have already said yes when they shouldn't, 
and they're stuck in a relationship, like a, a work relationship, and they don't know whether they should fire the client or try to rough it through? Mm. Oof. Um, well, I would imagine that if we, we look at every business relationship, it's going to fall somewhere upon a spectrum of great fit to awful fit. Mm -hmm. um, and if I, I really think that the relationships that fall close to the end of the spectrum, near awful fit, the amount of mental and psychic energy that it takes and the amount of money and, and drain that those relationships create when it's just an awful fit. I, I have found, you know, being an entrepreneur for 17 years, um, it's not worth it. It's, it's much, much better to end those relationships in a clean manner and move on and free up the energy, the brain capacity, the, the everything that comes and that gets drained wildly when you have someone who is truly an awful fit because they will be part of that 20% of your clientele that costs you 80% of your sanity, 80% of your money, 80% of your time, and it's not worth it. So that's one of those things where, you know, sunk cost, sunk cost fallacy, like just, mm -hmm. just give it up, just move on. It's not worth it. And then there's other relationships that may not be a perfect fit or a great fit, but they are somewhere along that spectrum, you know, maybe mm -hmm. more towards the middle. And I think that's, um, number one, it's an opportunity to learn from and go, okay, we're going to make sure that we update our list of what makes somebody a perfect fit or bad fit. Like most importantly, learn from it so that you don't repeat it in the future. And then my thought and, and what I've done with, with clients is see if there are ways that you can um, set clear boundaries for yourself about what is okay and appropriate, what will allow you to continue to serve the client. And then also what the boundaries are that if they cannot adhere to them and if you guys can't move forward in a relationship um, with specific boundaries and agreements in line, then there's, there's like a, an agreement between the two to cut the cord. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and it's more of a recalibration because sometimes you can get partway into a relationship with a client and go, you know what, something's not quite working out. Let's sit down, let's sit back down at the table. Let's have a conversation. Let's assess where we are and be honest, rational, reasonable adults and see what can we change to make it better for both of us moving forward. Can we salvage it? And then it becomes a conversation and you can look at the relationship and see if you're working with someone who's open to working with you. And if yes, it could actually turn into something even better than you could have possibly uh, um, you know, imagined. And if it's no and someone's not willing to adhere to to boundaries, if they're not going to work with you, if there's no flexibility, then you can assess, is this really actually in the middle of the spectrum of good fit or is this something where we need to cut the cord? Right, I, I love that answer because one, it's nuanced and it takes on a case by case basis, but I also noticed that whatever answer you have, it's all about being within integrity with yourself, being honest, making sure that you're only taking their money if you think that you can do right by them. And of course, only taking that money if it's a healthy situation for you yeah. as well. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. And by the way, I, you know, a lot of your answers, I think there's been so much gold and a lot of insight that, you know, comes with 17 years of doing this. Um, and I was curious, you know, we're, we're about to wrap things up here. I did want to ask if there's any, any advice that you could either give to a younger version of yourself or maybe an entrepreneur who's just starting out, or maybe even somebody that you know is 
is stuck with an issue mentally and they're, they're trying to get past it. I yeah. want to welcome you to decide who you want to give the advice to and what it would be, but I'm curious about your thoughts. Yes, there is something that I wish I, um, I would have known or been told two decades ago and that I love to share with others. And it's, it, it's two part equation. So the first part, the first piece of information is that if you are trying to change your behaviors or your experiences in life and it's not working, look at your beliefs because so many times we just try to keep changing our actions, keep changing our behaviors, but our, 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 our actions are based on our emotions and our thoughts, and those are based on what we believe to be true. So I, want, I wish someone would have invited me to have looked at what I believed when I was younger. And so instead of trying to change things at the end of the line, you know, these, these actions and behaviors, I could have done things the smart way and, and had much more flow and ease and momentum if I had simply looked at and examined what I believed to be true. And the million dollar gold nugget question that I invite people to use every day, I ask it of myself many, 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 many times every single day, that literally has changed my life, is when I'm stuck, when I'm experiencing something over and over and over that I do not like, I, I sit down and I ask myself the question, what would I have to believe to be true in order to keep experiencing this over and over again? Mm. And what you will find is that because we are humans who act according to what we believe to be true, you will find that there are beliefs powering you and getting you stuck in some cycle, whether that's a perfectionist who believes that the way to be successful is to be perfect, or a martyr who believes my needs are not as important as others. You will uncover these pieces of gold that when you stare at them on a piece of paper, you go, oh my God, this is why I'm stuck. It's not something out there in the world. This, this is why I'm stuck. And suddenly it gives, like, you have an entire new experience and an entire new way to approach your challenges. Instead of feeling like, this is my personality, or this is what happens when you live with this type of person, and that's just how it is. Suddenly you can stare at something and go, whoa, there's something inside of me that's causing me to have this experience. And that's fascinating and empowering at the same time. Mm. I am so glad I asked you that question. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Um, wow. Cool. So before we, we head out here, I mean, I imagine uh, a lot of people are hopefully learned a lot today. If anyone wants to get in touch with you or learn a little bit more about the MindFix group or possibly apply and see if they're a good fit for you, what is the best way for them to go about doing that? Sure. They can just visit our website. It's mindfixgroup.com. Um, I'd invite them to take a look at our results page just so people can get a sense of what's actually possible. So many people get really stuck and feel alone and feel like, well, my situation is different than everybody else's. And nobody could help me and I can't change. And I, would, I, I wish I had had the hope um, and seen the possibilities that, that our clients are seeing. So the results page would be a great place to spend a couple minutes. And then we are still offering a free uh, one-hour video training. Um, it says free training. You can click that button and sign up for the video uh, training anytime you'd like. Uh, and that's on the website as well. 
Aaron, this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your insight, as I'm sure my audience does as well. So thanks so much for being on Shattered Mold today. Thank you for having me. Today's episode is brought to you by Presto Lead Conversion System. If you're looking for a dynamic platform for converting your leads, one that will let you manage, automate, and improve all the steps in your sales process, you're going to want to connect with Courtney, who I interviewed in episode 12. Courtney and his team understand the psychology behind taking a prospect from initial touch point to completing the sale, regardless of what product or service you're offering. And they use custom software to build a sequence for you to control the tone, structure, and pace of your entire sales process. You explain how you do things, they plug the steps in, the software does the rest, only it does it more efficiently and with better prospects. People from all walks of life are using this. Authors, coaches, influencers, course creators, agencies, service professionals, and they're all getting massive results. We're talking about a next-generation cloud-based platform that's custom-designed around your sales approach. Whether you use squeeze pages, book discovery calls, or stick to email, you need something that takes what you already do, improves its efficiency, and automates all the toughest parts so that you can sell more of what you're selling in less time to more qualified prospects. If you're ready to take your sales numbers to the next level the way I did, head over to ShatterTheModPodcast.com and book a call with Courtney to learn more. This is for serious people who are ready to start converting leads at a rate they never thought possible. So talk with Courtney today. You'll be glad you did. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a, another episode in the can. Hoping you like that one. Uh, I will be sure to be back soon. But in the meantime, if you haven't done so already, do me a favor. Pull out that phone, hit that subscribe button, and while you're at it, leave a quick, honest written review. I really do appreciate reading your thoughts. I love hearing from people and, and how they respond to the material on this. And of course, it helps inspire me when I'm deciding which guests to bring on and what content to cover. So looking forward to hearing your thoughts. And until next time, have an awesome day. Thank you for listening to Shatter the Mold at www.shatterthemoldpodcast.com. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan. My name is Andrew S. Kaplan, and it's time to shatter the mold.